welcome to episode 3 of Going Meta with me, Peer. So today's topic is woodworking. So woodworking for me means building mostly furniture but all sorts of objects out of basically nothing else than wood and nails or screws or some other types of joinery. To start off this episode, I want to talk about an example of this craftsmanship of carpentry or woodworking. So in traditional Japanese carpentry, there is this special kind of joinery where they actually don't use any nails or screws. So they basically combine two or more pieces of wood with just the shape of the wood itself. So they create these shapes that look sort of like jigsaw puzzles. And they combine them in a way that the whole structure will be stable enough. They basically have taken their craft of processing wood to mere perfection. Every movement of their hand has been envisioned in their mind a thousand times before they even make the first stroke. And when they then implement it, it will be exactly the right move. So for example, you have these houses made with these special techniques that are up to a thousand years old. And there are these woodworkers that continue to repair these houses and they have to use the same techniques that the people use that built these houses. So they kind of continue on this craftsmanship that their forefathers did and their work will be continued by people that will repair these buildings in the future. And while we talk about these traditional Japanese buildings, I don't know about you, but for me all historical buildings have a sort of fascination. Looking at such an old house has really something magical. It's like you can sense the love that went into it, the whole work that it took to build this house. And it's not because it's perfect, it's actually the opposite. It's because it has these little imperfections and unique details that let you see that this is a work of craftsmanship and no object made merely industrial. And this sort of connection that you feel towards it, I think that's only towards these old wooden buildings. Because if I look at a skyscraper, for example, I don't really feel this connection. And I hope we can explore this phenomena in this episode. For me, what is so fascinating about working with wood is the following. If you never worked with wood, you might not know this, but I'm sure you did experience this in some way, shape or form. But if you work with wood, it has this special smell and feel to it. It's sort of like you can really sense that it's this warm, organic matter you're working with because wood really is a living material. And on that note, you have to even take that into account when you're building something out of wood. Because you can't build it in such a static manner that the wood has no ability to move. Throughout its life, even when it's in the form of a chair or a table, wood still wants to move. It wants to expand and continue on its process of developing. Besides that, I like that there are so many types of wood and that they all have their unique characteristics. So for example, you might work with a tropical hardwood like mahogany, or you might use a softer, brighter wood like spruce wood. 
And of course there are other materials to build things out of, like plastic, concrete or metal, which all have their advantages. But I think wood is the easiest and forgiving material to work with and it also has the highest accessibility. And even looking past the process of working with wood, I think the whole process of planning something in your mind and then actually making it into a reality is amazing in itself. So you might have an idea about a chair and then you start drawing that chair, you make some basic sketches of what it could look like, what kind of style it should be and then maybe once you're satisfied with that you start implementing it into a 3D program and make a list of materials you would need for it and how you would need to cut the wood and then eventually you will start creating it. And at the end, when you're finished and you look at the object you created, you can really experience this fascination that I think only we humans can never experience. To have something abstract in your mind and create something from nothing. If you were to ask me how I got into the whole topic of woodworking, I had to probably say that design was really the gateway for me into this topic. Because I think the part that is most fun for me is the planning and figuring out how something should look like and how it should be structured. Before I even started creating my first piece of furniture, it took a long time for me to actually get started with the practical process. Because once I got started, it humbled me in a lot of ways. So just because something looks good on paper and makes sense in 3D doesn't actually mean it will work in real life. Because you have to improvise in the process and you will realize that there are things that you couldn't actually plan, that you will only see when you're actually putting it into practice. So structural stability was definitely something I didn't consider too much when planning these sort of things. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid I loved playing with Legos. I love this concept of having a sort of toolkit, having these bricks and then basically having a whole world of possibilities to build everything out of these bricks. That is also why as a child I wanted to become an architect, but that is a whole other story. And now I can actually say that woodworking is kind of a grown-up Lego and it's so much better in a lot of ways because you actually have a lot more possibilities and freedom of creativity. So you're not limited to the number of bricks or the number of materials. You can actually create all kinds of shapes and combine them in all kinds of manners. So there really aren't a lot of limits when it comes to woodworking. And of course, as a lot of things these days, a thing that really sparked my interest were YouTube videos about this topic. For example, there are these channels like Homemade Modern, Get Hands Dirty or Modern Builds, which I can really recommend. And what I always like about these projects is their transparency and their simplicity. So they are not so complex that you wouldn't think that you could not also create this, what they are creating. And as I mentioned that design was a gateway into this topic for me, I think there is also a problem nowadays. When you hear the word of design, you might be kind of intimidated by it and you might think about it as something that is only accessible to a certain number of privileged people. 
But I think design is something that we actually do in our daily lives. And I don't think you need to be a world-class designer to design a chair or a table. What I always have in mind is to teach people to build their own furniture. That's why I also have the intention when I create something to make my plans public. Because I want people to try it out themselves and then maybe even adapting the whole thing and reinventing it for their own needs. I want you to get creative and become a builder or a maker instead of just a consumer. I don't want people to accept universal solutions. I am a big promoter of the whole idea of making things your own. Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern put it in a really good way. He said, it's not about using the tool to just make things, but it's actually about using it to add value to your life. And once you start working with wood, it teaches you to be really resourceful and considerate with your material. It teaches us to become true materialist in the real sense of the word, to actually value material for what it is. For example, I like to constantly remind myself when I work with wood that this was once a tree and had to be cut down so that I could have the privilege of building something out of it. Because as you all know, wood is a natural resource and so it's not unlimited. It takes a long, long time before a tree reaches a proper height for it to become actual material we could work with as woodworkers. But the thing is, if you then treat the material right and actually build something proper out of it, it will probably last you a lifetime, if not even longer. When I talk about why I do all of this, I always mention the example of the Berliner Hocker. So this is a concept of a guy named Van Bole Menzel, which I highly recommend you check out. He's a pretty cool dude that wrote a book about how to build affordable furniture out of few materials. And this Berliner Hocker is a stool made from four pieces of wood and only 10 screws. So it's not only super affordable, it's also super easy to build. And the cool thing about this, it can be used in all kinds of ways. So you could use it as a stool, you could use it as a coffee table, or you could even build a bunch of them, combine them and build a shelf out of them. And while we're on the topic of affordable material, my go-to wood that I like to use for woodworking projects is what is called OSB wood. It is short for Oriented Strand Board and was invented by Armin Elmendorf in California in 1963. And the funny thing about it, it used to be a waste product and if you know what it looks like or you might see a picture on Google, it actually looks like a bunch of scrap wood pieces that have been glued together and shaped into these boards. But that's what I like about this material. It really brings across this message quite well of using this rough material and putting it into something beautiful and unique. A reason why a lot of people might be intimidated of working with wood is because they think you need a lot of equipment for it. But the thing is, I'm sure most of us have the necessary tools at home. For working with wood, you actually don't need a lot more than a screwdriver, a saw and a hammer. Besides that, you only need the wood and the screws or the nails and you're good to go. 
And the cool thing about this is, if you're actually limited to just a minimal setup of tools, it forces you to be especially creative and think about the ways in how you could create the thing you want to create, but only using this limited way of working. When I started working with wood and creating objects out of it, I didn't just have the intention to build furniture or build objects. What I always have in mind is to question traditional room concepts and reinvent spaces. So I really like the idea of functional space. To have one piece of furniture that has several uses and to create something that fits your home and to create an environment that is optimal for your needs. Take for example the concept of a Murphy bed. If you're someone like me who is active a lot during the day and spends most of his time at work, who doesn't spend all day lying in bed except for maybe a day on the weekend, you probably only use your bed a third of the time of your day, assuming you get around 8 hours of sleep. And in your apartment or house, your bed will probably be the one or one of the biggest pieces of furniture you own. So if you think about it, you take up a lot of space for a thing that you only use a limited amount of time. So to then have something like a Murphy bed, which works in the manner that after a good night of sleep, you fold it up and prop it up against the wall. So it's out of the way during the day. And it then creates the space that you can use for other activities you might do during the day. For example, a working desk. So instead of having the need to have a room that fits a working desk and a bed, you now only need a room that requires half the room, because you use its space in a multi-purpose manner. And you also made use of the height dimension of the room. So, as always, going to a meta level, what have I learned from woodworking? The first thing that I have to think about is that it really strengthened my planning and preparation skills. Because if you measure something wrong or you calculate some measurements wrongly, you have to painfully accept your mistakes at one point and either start over again or improvise in some manner. So woodworking is really not a forgiving task. You might even have heard about the saying of measure twice, cut once, which is a classic in the woodworking community. And with that, you also realize that you should always take your time and don't rush things because the result will be compromised if you don't take the proper amount of time. So when you work on a bigger project and you take the necessary time to measure and pre-drill holes, there at some point will be a part of building that is really repetitive. But these repetitive processes also have something really valuable because they are sort of meditative. By doing the same thing over and over again, you become really aware of things that you wouldn't become aware of in regular types of processes. And also a thing that everyone should consider when working with wood is that there is a certain danger involved. So you're working with tools like saws and hammers that could hurt you in some way, but being aware of this is a good thing because it forces you to constantly be focused and aware of your surroundings. Another thing I learned is that when creating something, and even if it's just made from cheap materials, you won't be as quick to throw it away as you might throw away a coffee table from Ikea that only costs you 10 bucks. Because by having gone through the whole process of creating this piece, you added a value to it on a whole other level, 
and that is emotional value, which is, I think, worth way more than just monetary value. And that is a sort of notion we often get detached from in our modern consumerist society. And then even if one day the object you created might break in some way, you will also be more willing to actually fix it instead of buying something new or creating something new to replace it. Before I got into woodworking, I always considered myself to be all thumb, to not be really talented and uncoordinated when it comes to building things. So building something out of wood was for me something that always seemed a little too big and too difficult a thing. But now that I started experimenting with this whole topic, and although I am in no way a professional carpenter woodworker, in fact I am still untalented in so many ways, I realized that it's good to once in a while take on something that might seem too big and too difficult at first glance. Because eventually you will start growing with it and one day you will be able to manage it. It teaches you the approach to problem solving of tackling one small problem at a time, instead of just being overwhelmed by the whole thing. As the saying goes, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And on that notion I have to think about the concept of weightlifting. Because in order to grow muscles and increase your strength, you have to gradually increase the weights you are lifting. And when you do that, there is always this kind of fear you're feeling. But it's a fear in the sense of respect when you put on those extra 5 kilos onto the bar. It's like you're not 100% sure if you will be able to lift it, but you know that only by trying it out you will know if you can do it or not. And even then, if it doesn't work right away, you just have to decrease the steps a little bit. So instead of 5 kilos, you might put on 2.5 kilos on the bar and gradually increase that and eventually you will get to where you want to go. Because if you want to develop and grow, you always have to sail uncharted waters. The thing you're afraid to do will always be challenging and frightening, no matter what. But if you choose to do it anyways, the rewards you will get from it will feel incredible and you will have created this new status quo for yourself. And from this status quo, you can continue on your journey of becoming the best version of yourself. And lastly, the activity of woodworking made me ask the question of what is a tool actually? So if you think about it, a hammer is just a wooden stick with a piece of metal on top of it. And you can either use it to go around and hit people with it, or you can use it to build homes for the homeless. So the tool really gets its meaning from its use. The result achieved with a tool actually lies in the hands of the maker. So really tools are an externalization of our minds and our imaginations, if you think about it. My closing thoughts for this episode are the following. First of all, if woodworking is something you always hesitate to do because of fear or lack of confidence, or even if it's not woodworking but any kind of topic, I can tell you that if I can do it, you can do it too. Because as I mentioned before, before I started this experiment, I wasn't really talented when it comes to building stuff. But I realized it's really just a question of practice. 
So you have to start small and incrementally increase the difficulty of your challenges and your projects and you will soon become as talented as you might have never guessed you could be. And the whole thing really teaches you a lot of independence and self-sufficiency. So what I guess I'm trying to say with this is if you were always curious to try out woodworking or whatever it is you want to try out, just do it. There really are no disadvantages in the whole thing. The disadvantage of having had the desire to try out something but hesitate to do it and not having tried it out will be way more painful at the end of the day than whatever it is that might hold you back. So that completes the third episode of Going Meta. And as always, I am super grateful that you listen to this podcast and I encourage you as always to share your feedback and your questions with me if you have some. In episode 4 of Going Meta, we will be talking about working out, especially lifting weights. So this will definitely be an exciting episode I'm really looking forward to. So again, thanks a lot for listening and I hope you tune in to the next episode of Going Meta with me, Peer.